Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 from the Daily Lectionary. This is the encounter between Elizabeth and Mary when both were pregnant with their respective children, John the Baptizer and Jesus. We're really close to Christmas morning. Uh, if you're listening to this on schedule, just a couple of days out from Christmas, and I think this passage actually really is a fitting one for us as we prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus. Luke 1. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray today, wherever we are, whatever it is we're doing, that you would come and speak to us and comfort our hearts and prepare us for Christmas, Lord. Father, this season has been one of much tumult, and so we ask, Lord, that you would help settle us and steady us. We hope that you would guide us and direct us as we seek to make the most of these days leading up to Christmas. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love this passage. On the surface, this story seems like many other stories of beloved pregnant women getting together in anticipation of the birth of their children, but this story is unique. We're so close to Christmas morning. It's just a couple of days away. But before the emphasis shifts to a place where it will remain, there's an invitation for us here to sit with these two women so we're going to focus on Mary and Elizabeth today because our attention is going to turn to, to Jesus and all that that means here very shortly. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. These two women serve for us as models of faithfulness. And I just want to say that as a man, um, a white man in America, a man of privilege and, and given a voice that's louder, um, a voice that sometimes is unnecessarily loud, it's so important for me to submit to these two women. 
I think that there's an invitation at large right now for men to learn to look to women as exemplars, as models of faith and faithfulness, both in the modern age. I have mentors, uh, one in particular who is a woman who goes to our church, and I submit to her. I sit with her and open up my life to her. But we're also meant to submit, male or female, to these female heroes of our faith. And it's my conviction that Mary and Elizabeth are uh, models for Christians, not just Christian women, but Christians. And so dudes learn how to listen to and receive from women in the biblical text, but also women in your own life. There's so much freedom and gift there. So let's think about Elizabeth first. She and her husband are devout Jews. She's a pastor's wife. We're also told that they're old, that Elizabeth was old and unable to bear a child and that they'd experienced a lot of pain because of a lack of fertility, infertility in their life. And an angel at the time of this story had recently declared to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, that they were going to have a child. And that angel made a very bold promise to Elizabeth. And here at the time of this story, Elizabeth has had to determine whether she would be open to what that angel said to her. Common sense would say it was too late for her to have a child. She's being invited to learn how to trust God with a bold plan late in life. And maybe you're listening to me today, and maybe you feel like there's some water under the bridge in your life. The, the tread has worn off your tires. You think, I've just lived too much to experience something new and something good from God. Well, Elizabeth is a model for us to believe that God can do good things even later in our lives. She opened herself up. She said yes to God, even when circumstances said, not likely. She said yes. Maybe the Lord's asking you to say yes. Now Mary, she's engaged to Joseph to be married. She's a virgin, probably young, between 12, 14, 15 years of age. She lives on the opposite end of the age spectrum relative to her cousin Elizabeth. Just as Elizabeth might have disqualified herself thinking I'm too old for something good to happen, Mary could have done the same because of her youth. So maybe you're listening to me and you think, I'm too young. I'm too young to do anything important. I'm too young to say yes to God. I, I need more experience. I need to live a little longer. Mary said yes, even in her youth. And so what we have in a story like this is one person who would have been tempted to disqualify themselves because of their old age and another tempted to disqualify herself because of her young age and both said yes to God. God was doing a big thing in both of them. So what that does for you and me is it brings us into the story. None of us are disqualified from the story. None of us are excluded from the story. And I want you to say, if you can, Holy Spirit, make me open to your work regardless of my age or my circumstance. I think Elizabeth and Mary teach us that. We have to remember that Jesus was born, John was born during a difficult time. This was a time of deep darkness, of Roman occupation. The old stories of God's intervention seemed so far away. And maybe there was a longing, a longing that God would get things back to where they should be, that God would bring another one like David on the, on the, on the landscape that would right the wrongs and lead Israel into wholeness and healing again. And you have to know that these two devout women were longing for God to come. They were longing for God to work, for God to renew and they both submitted to their part in that story. 
And I just want to say to you and to me, I believe the invitation for us as we walk toward Christmas during a time of remarkable uncertainty is for each and every one of us to say yes to our part in the thing that God is looking to do in us and around us. See, I think that Elizabeth's yes and Mary's yes ought to be uh, a teaching tool for us. They ought to instruct the places where the Lord would invite us to say yes to him. So having both said yes, now they're scared, or at least Mary is. She's probably got scandal all around her, a young woman not yet married, a scandal in a small town. And so she flees her home and she goes to spend some of her pregnant time in a different part of the country. So she goes to visit Elizabeth in the hill country. And we're only told that Elizabeth lives in the hill country. And that's actually really significant because it means that Elizabeth and Zechariah don't live in a fancy place. They don't live in a metropolitan area. They live in the countryside. They're rural people. They're country people. Nothing big happens in Elizabeth's town. Nothing important seems to happen there. They are out of the way, tucked away. And I find that instructive because Mary, having said yes to God when she's confused, she goes on retreat. And maybe for you, there's an invitation for you to go on retreat, not to retreat from life, but to step back from your rhythms, to get out of the familiar surroundings so that you would trust God to maybe meet you and comfort your heart. So these two women encounter one another. And we're told that Elizabeth experiences the baby inside her, John the baptizer. He leaps inside of her, probably like an epically big kick in the belly. And Elizabeth recognizes that the Holy Spirit is working and she recognizes what's going on in Mary, maybe before anyone else does. She sees God at work. She sees something in infancy form in utero, and she recognizes that the Lord is moving and working. She recognizes the plan of God even when it's small. So John and Mama say yes to Jesus and Mary before anybody else does. They recognize the work of the Lord. And she says these words, and I love this. She says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. What beautiful words, what words of wonder. Actually, the word Lord in that passage is really important. It was a term used of Jesus mainly, especially after his resurrection. She has eyes to see. And I just want to ask you, do you have eyes to see the work of Jesus? Even when it seems really small, vulnerable in your life and in the lives of people around you, I believe there's an invitation for us to cultivate eyes to see. In that sense, Elizabeth teaches us something. She's a beautiful woman. She's not jealous. She's able to recognize something really powerful, and she refers to Mary as highly favored. And then Mary sings a song. In certain places of the church, this is known as the Magnificat. It's this beautiful poem where Mary places her story within the overarching story of God. And there are three things I want to say here as we move out of this podcast episode toward Christmas morning. Mary's song touches on three areas close to the heart and character of God. Number one, God's kindness. Number two, God's power and justice. And number three, God's willingness and desire to help. Kindness, justice, help. 
Mary thanks God for looking with favor on the lowliness of her life. She recognizes something really important, that God chose her not because she was somebody, but because she was open. God knows her and sees her. And I would say to you, God knows you and sees you. He knows your vulnerability, and yet he looks at you and says, I'm kind, I love you, I am toward, my affection is aimed toward you. But Mary doesn't leave it there. She speaks of God's power, his justice. She says, God, only you can do impossible things. And I would just ask you, as we move toward Christmas, where are the places at play in your life where you need God to do something that seems impossible? Mary and Elizabeth, they teach us that God longs to do impossible things. Jesus comes into our lives to accomplish that which we cannot accomplish on our own strength. And so she says, God, you do impossible work. Do it again. And finally, she says, God, you help us. She says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Y'all, God has come close to us in the person of Jesus. As we wake up on Christmas morning, even in the midst of a pandemic, maybe cut off from family relative to what's normal for you, I want you to remember that God has come close to us even in our uncertainty, especially in our uncertainty. I think we need reminding of this today, maybe more than ever before. Let us come close to Jesus as Christmas Day approaches and say, Lord, help. Ask for his help. Look for his help. Look for it right where you need it. And I believe he'll come close to us again. Christmas morning is coming. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for grace and mercy. I pray that you would show us your kindness that you would give us a sense of your nearness. And Lord, I pray that we would recognize your work in us and in those around us, even when that beginning seems so small, so vulnerable, almost like a baby in a womb. We thank you for your grace and your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for his still small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. 